Welcome to Pros Tinted Glasses. I'm Katie. And I'm Bailey. And it is spooky season! Yay! Katie's favorite season! It truly is my favorite season. I'm wearing, um, I got, I saw, found this shirt on TikTok and I bought it from an Etsy, but it's like a spooky bookstore. I love that. I love that you always have a thematic outfit for whatever our episode is. (laughs) It's one of my main talents, I'd say. Yeah, and it's even more so because we always record over, like, video chat, so it's not even the full effect (laughs) of, like, an in-person thematic outfit. No, Katie's just rocking it. (laughs) Yeah, most of the time they're just, like, happy accidents. Like, this one, I just got it in the mail, like, earlier this week and i'm just excited to wear it and so i brought it um on my trip and so here we are i i love that for you though it really worked out mm-hmm. as things tend to do um yes. bailey i know you're not as into spooky season as me but you're still pretty into it right yeah i mean i love a good like witchy theme so i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily as into like the haunted side of spooky season but i'm definitely into like witchy What's crazy is that, like, I don't even get really involved in spooky season stuff. Like, I don't do a lot of, like, costumes or, like, going to haunted houses. Um, I just really like the vibes, and I get really excited. I do love seeing, like, what people do to their yards. I've noticed the past couple of years, like, Halloween yard decorations have gotten a lot more prevalent and a lot more intense So I just love going through the neighborhood and being like, oh, nice. They added to this year's installation. I love it. That's awesome. I bet it's something to do with, like, we're stuck in the house, so we might as well decorate the house to the nines. Yeah, I noticed it a little bit more before last year, too. But, like, it's definitely people are embracing, like, Halloween as a decoration holiday as well. Although in my house, we're pretty strictly, like, pumpkins and leaves and cinnamon. Like a, like a fall vibes versus yeah. like a spooky season. And we do have some like specifically Halloween things um, that we then like trade out for specifically Thanksgiving things, but they all fit within the same general fall vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My biggest spooky season thing that I did this year is I got Bruce and I three pairs of matching Halloween pajamas. Uh, Bruce, as listeners know, is my dog. And I am now officially like known around the apartment building as like that lady that has matching pajamas with her dog. You take Bruce outside with your dog? No, that's the wrong sentence. You take Bruce outside in his pajamas? Yes, I do take Bruce outside in his pajamas. And it's like people have come up to me when I'm not with a dog and not wearing pajamas and being like, aren't you the girl that has the matching pajamas? So you could say that I'm you could say that I'm living the dream. Definitely. That's if there's something to be known for your in your apartment building, like I feel like that's really up there on the list of good, cool things to be known for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun. And Bruce loves pajamas. It's so weird. He's such a weird dog. Um, but it's really delightful to me. I'm going to video chat Daniel and make Daniel t- let me talk to Bruce so I can tell him you t- call them weird. <laughs> He's fully aware. Um, I am, uh, for the listeners, I am in New York for work this weekend and so our friend Daniel is watching my dog and he's already sent several snaps about how sad and weird my dog is when I'm gone. He has blown up the group chat with dog photos. (laughs) It's wonderful. It is wonderful. It is very wonderful. But anyway, uh, one of the best parts of spooky season, lame transition attempt, is of course reading spooky books. Yes. 
um, because there's nothing better than timing your books to the season. So spooky season's probably the easiest to do so because Christmas is a little too like disambiguous for like themes. Unless you want to read like Hallmark books, fully support a good happy-go-lucky Hallmark movie version of a Christmas book. But Halloween, spooky season, the options are endless. Yeah, and the great thing about spooky season books or like books that are vibey with spooky season are that a lot of them are year-round books. Like, I'm a big thriller fan, and I've noticed that I have not read nearly as many this year. I I think I really hit a wall in terms of, like, they all became really predictable uh, at a certain threshold. Um, But I do still love the genre, and occasionally there's one that really thrills me. And (laughs) I read those... (laughs) Oh, no. I actually didn't mean to do that. Oh, no, I thought you did That's embarrassing. No, it's way more embarrassing when it's an accident. <laughs> I hate it less knowing it's an accident. I hate it more knowing that it's an accident because I typically don't do it on purpose. But anyway. I'm sorry. Anyway, everyone's thrilled. You can read thriller. You can read thrillers year round, but they're really appropriate at spooky season. Yeah, we've been having some insane fog like this past week. I was running the other day and I couldn't see 20 feet from the fog. And it was like that for like three hours. It was five in the morning. I don't like that. It was insane. We we were running in um, a a local park, which is, you know, like technically parks are dawn to dusk, whatever. Um, And so it was like 5 30 in the morning. It's pitch black. It's so foggy. And. Our headlamps aren't even helping. That's how, like, thick the fog is. We cannot see anything. Yeah, it was very thematic. I was like, man, we should be, like, listening to, like, a creepy podcast or book or something right now. And my running partner was like, uh, no way. I would die. I'm already too freaked out. Like, at one time when we were running, I moved my hand to, like, make my point while I was talking because I tend to talk with my hands. And it cast a shadow in her headlamp. And she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, no, 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 that was me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, that entire thing sounds terrifying. (laughs) So there's really something to be said for, like, the mood that the weather during spooky season can give you when you're, like, reading a book. Because it was definitely curl up with a cup of tea and look out at the foggy window and turn back to your little, like, closed door thriller type weather. Yeah, uh, cannot relate from Dallas, but I did land in New York this morning and it was, like, um... 60 or 70 degrees and it's like drizzly so definitely feeling more in the mood now that I'm up on the east coast perfect it's the perfect timing to talk about the different types of spooky books then because now you're going to be able to choose what type of spooky book you want to start reading in the fall weather in New York yes Bailey and I have been talking and we think that there are four-ish main categories of like spooky season appropriate reading is that what we uh, landed on? I think so, yeah, because some of them, we, we had a few more categories, but we kind of realized that we could lump a few together, and they made more mm-hmm. sense all together. So we started out with, like, the truly scary, the truly, this is meant to freak you out, the horror movies of books. Yeah, the, the horror genre, one might say. Um I do not read a lot of horror. For for me, there's a very like thick line between horror and psychological thriller. And I actually have seen a couple of TikToks recently about this, more in the film sphere, but about pe- how 
people don't like that distinction because, you know, they're really the same genre. But I think for me, horror is way more like there are jump scares, like it's more meant to scare you versus meant to make you like think. I agree. And I've always felt that way, even with film. I've never been a huge fan of like jump scare horror or gore horror like the Saw movies. Um, but a psychological thriller, I will always watch that, and I tend to like to read those more, and we'll get to those. But we have read a few more, like, truly scary-type books uh, this year in prep for spooky season. I think the first one, Katie, did you get through The Only Good Indians in time for this recording? No, I did not. Um, It was on my list to read, but then things got super crazy at work, so... That's fair. Appreciate your perspective on the Only Good Indians. The Only Good Indians is a like haunting novel by Stephen Graham Jones, and I didn't really know what to expect when I first started reading it. Um, but I had to like put it down before bed because the way it was written, I just like didn't know where anything was going, and it was truly one of the like scariest books I think I've read. And it's not like gore scary it's very much like just haunted Uh, and I think the prose was so atmospheric to make you really feel how like manic and worried and the crescendo of drama that was building in the story Uh, so I would highly recommend that I actually recommend that outside of saying like oh it's a spooky book uh, Mm -hmm. because I really liked it that much so if you're looking for that type of book, I would definitely read The Only Good Indians. Do you, if it doesn't spoil anything, is it paranormal horror or is it just like regular old humans being shitheads horror? Um, so this is one thing that I guess like I would classify it as paranormal. I don't, I don't really want to say a whole lot more because I don't want to accidentally spoil something. Okay. Okay. Well, and interesting. I, I I'm... wasn't fully prepared to like. But, but it's also kind of a little bit of humans being humans. Okay. I don't know. I needed right. more time with this question. That's okay. Um, I'm still, I'm even more excited to read it now. Um, I definitely will still be reading spooky season appropriate books, even though we're done recording the spooky season episode. Oh, so. yeah. I still have Very a whole list excited of ones to pick that one up. That I want to mm-hmm. read, and I'm sure you'll, you'll cover them as we go through. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, another one, we're going to talk... Well, that's not how words work. We're going to touch on Riley Sager more. I think he, most of his books are more psychological thriller, but I think that Home Before Dark uh, really falls more into the horror genre. You've read that one, right, Bailey? Yeah. Yes, I read that one. And I always, I do often get it confused with Lock Every Door. Mm-hmm. That's okay, though, because I do, I think Lock Every Door fits in this one, too, because as I was reading this, I was like, yeah, that totally does. And I don't want to spoil it, so I don't want to say too much. But I think Lock Every Door and Home Before Dark definitely fall more into um, the truly scary. And actually, earlier I put This Poison Heart in um, in one of our other groupings, and I wonder if it fits up here too. Okay. I haven't read that one yet. I know that you really liked it, though. Well, they like move into a big haunted mansion. But that's, like, not actually the point of the story. More an atmospheric. Yeah. So 
I'll go ahead and just say that like one of our groups is like thematic setting that has to do with spooky season. And I put it there because they do move into like this big, possibly haunted mansion. But like the rest of the story doesn't necessarily have to do with the fact that of what's going on in this house. It has to do with other things. Mm -hmm. So that's why I put it there and not in truly scary. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like lock every door and home before dark. Yeah. Those were truly spooky. I remember reading them. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, and I'm glad you brought up lock, um, lock Every Door. Home Before Dark is a really, really interesting book. It's um, based around a haunted house that the main character like grew up in. And then she has to like go back for reasons and then like reckon with the haunting that she remembers partially from her childhood. Um, and it is very, very spooky. Yeah, I almost just spit out a spoiler. <laughs> I know, I was trying to dance around some of it, but I highly I recommend like, it. When you danced around it, I was like, oh yeah, because this happens. And then I was like, well, you can't say that part. Yeah, just read the book. Just trust us. Um, I really like most of Riley Sager's books, and I think that he definitely took a, a hard turn into the spooky for, for those two. And then Lock Every Door, a woman um, is like apartment sitting at like a really fancy building in new york and some strange shit starts happening katie you should go find the apartment building i don't think it exists i know um, it doesn't exist it was a joke okay well I, so i have been thinking about i'm gonna try and walk down to cornelia street from taylor Swift's oh, okay. cornelia yeah, street yeah. it's like pretty close to where i am so i'm gonna you know do the whole fan thing but anyway Trying to find um, landmarks around New York has been on my mind, which is the only re reason it took me a second there. Okay, you're fine. <laughs> uh, I think the next book that we classified as sort of like truly scary was Mexican Gothic. Mm -hmm. Did you read that one, Katie? I did read it. Okay, I thought so. I thought you were one of the only people I talked into reading it right away. <laughs> <laughs> I had been um, excited for it from, I think, Book Talk for a while when it came out. And then yeah. I think... After your recommendation, I was like, oh, definitely. Right. I was like, everybody should read this. And the rest of the, the group uh, for books chat was kind of like, yeah, we'll get to it. And you were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. The rest Bet. of them are fake friends. I'm just yeah. kidding. We love them. Kelly and we Emily them. and Nicole, you're not fake friends. No, you're real friends. I'm just extra. Uh, Mexican Gothic. It, and it didn't start out that way. Like, I didn't quite know what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. But the, the spookiness built. The... The haunting, the horror built and stunning book. I'm very excited to read Velvet Was the Night, which is the author's next novel. Mm. Wait, uh, so I don't think that's Sylvia Marina Garcia, wasn't it? No. Oh, yeah, it is. Huh. Yeah, I was like, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. It's, it's actually sitting next to me, just out of reach. Oh, that's. I have no idea why I thought that wasn't her. I think maybe when you said next novel and I was thinking of, she like released one in between them, I think, or there was another one that was like big. Oh, I, okay. I don't know. I've got, we can I've got just nothing. cut out the part where you um, are was wrong. blatantly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I, I, I'm fallible. It's okay. Okay. Um, and then Katie, you have another novel on this list, but you have a, you have a question mark following it. And I also noticed that it's in two other places so I, I, do you want to dig into this yet or do you want to save this? Uh, I, I will touch on it. But actually, first, I had another one with a question mark, which was um, anything by the author Grady Hendrix. Have you read any of his work? 
No, I skipped that one because I didn't know anything about it, and I was excited to go to the next one. Okay, I am also excited to go to the next one. But so Grady Hendrix, the only one that I've read by him is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampires, um, which is about a bunch of like suburban moms who like start kind of like a weird book club, and then like a vampire moves to town, and they have to like band together to defeat him. And I was expecting it to be like a little bit like funny and camp and it was not um oh uh, based on everything about it i would have thought like i just googled it and it definitely i would have thought it was a little camp too Uh uh-huh i mean it was maybe a little camp but it was definitely more like scary camp it was like oh and there was a lot of like weird weird gore in it um but anyway and he he's known for a bunch of other books um he did i'm sure you've seen this one somewhere um horror store it's the one that looks like an ikea catalog but it's a it's a book i actually haven't seen that anywhere i just looked at it i have not read that one but that is um like a horror novel stylized like an ikea catalog which sounds very interesting and then he had one come out recently called final girl support group um and actually yeah i've seen that my fave my fave Riley Sager was a little bit problematic about it. Did you see any of that drama? No. Is it because Riley Sager also has a book called The Final Girls? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he tweeted something snarky about um, people, like, stealing ideas. And everyone was like, Ooh. dude, what the fuck? And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, I was, that was wrong. I was bad. That's a bit of a hot take. It was quite a hot take. It was like, come on, man. First of all, Final Girl is just a full-on trope. Right. did not invent it. That's what I was going to say. The whole, the whole, like, half the thing in the novel is that it's a trope. Mm-hmm. Like, he was self-aware about it being a trope. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going to get really tangential if I, like, go down that road, so. <laughs> um, but anyway, no. I, I enjoyed, with a question mark, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Vampire Killing Vampires, or whatever the book is called. I um, just checked it out from the library as we were talking, so... Okay, good. I'm really excited to see how you feel about it as well. Um, but okay. that that does lead me into another book I have many question marks and mixed feelings about, as Bailey tried to allude to a little bit ago, and that is Bunny by Mona Awad. Um, I just, I read this book last week or two weeks ago, and I just have not processed it emotionally yet. Like, I have no idea what was happening in this book and the like main basic premise is that the main character is part of this like writing graduate program and all the other women in her program are like really weird kind of stepford wife ish and they are like a click and they all call each other bunny they're like, hey, Bunny, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Bunny. How are you? And it's already, like, Bailey's face is already, like, so concerned. Because <laughs> she has not been able to read it yet because it took too and long I have the library. actively avoided looking things up about Bunny because of Katie's immediate reaction to, like, I remember when she messaged me, like, halfway through it. She's like, I have, I have no idea what's happening. Like, I, I don't even know if I like it. I don't know what's happening. I'm going to keep going, though. And <laughs> since then, I've actively avoided, like, consuming any content related to bunny because i just want to go in blind and just figure out what the heck is happening yeah so i'm not going to go into more of it other than just i have no idea what happened in the book um it was very it was an experience and i 
I kind of recommend it to everyone just so that they I'm not alone, um, so that more people know what it's like to read that book. But it was, w- th- there were definitely moments that I would consider, like, truly horror. I do still plan on, like, reading it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, look for social media follow-ups, I guess, <laughs> on for that sure. after this episode comes out. Um, but as I said, I noticed you put it some other places too. So it's also in the next category, which is psychological thriller, which I think we're mm-hmm. all pretty familiar with as like a sort of spooky season. But as Katie said earlier, that is definitely one that spans outside of spooky season all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a pretty staple genre at this point, thanks to our girl Gillian Flynn and uh, the Gone Girl effect. Oh, yeah, the Gone Girl effect. At least I feel like we've finally gotten out of the era where all thrillers had the word girl in the title. The woman in cabin 10, the girl mm-hmm. in the window, like, yeah, The everything. girl on the train. They would just all had the word girl in them. I bet you there's, like, the girl on the beach somewhere if I Googled it. Oh, surely. Surely. Yeah, and they always have, they're usually, like, split timeline where you're learning pieces of the novel pieces of the past as the present progresses Mm -hmm. this is not to say that i don't like those like i realized that whole thing just came off as like very dirt like that's not how i feel what Mm -hmm. dismissive yeah Uh, i actually do like thrillers i don't read nearly as many of them as katie typically has in the past but i've read a fair amount and i do like them but i am glad that we're Re, uh, remixing up the formula for thrillers. Yeah, the first two thrillers that I wrote down um, on this list to talk about are, it's a very specific subgenre, which is books about podcasts about murders. <laughs> Did you have to, like, write that out and follow it with your finger to make sure it came out in order? <laughs> no, that was totally on the fly. I'm very Oof. proud that I... That it sounded, you know, understandable. It made sense, for sure. So Sadie is has been big on Book Talk for a while, and I've been seeing it around. And I finally read it last week or two weeks ago. And it's about... So a girl, the main character's little sister is murdered. And then she is, like, going on this journey trying to find the killer. And then a dude is making a podcast about her because um, she has gone missing. So we're getting the dual timeline thing where we're getting Sadie's perspective on her journey. And then uh, we don't know how she goes missing. And then the podcaster's journey as he like retraces her steps and figures out what she was doing. It was really interesting. I will say it's, it's an, an, I feel pretty mixed about the way it ended, which normally I have very, um, concrete views on how books end like they're either good or bad especially this one thrillers. was much more this one was much more um, of a mixed bag but the book itself was very good that's good and maybe then, i'll have to give that one a try too i just feel like yeah. this whole episode is us going back and forth about like no we definitely have to read that one that the <laughs> other one already read once again proving that spooky season is the best book season so correct and then the next one is the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder trilogy, which is about uh, a girl who starts a podcast about a murder. That's like pretty. The first book is like pretty transparently based off of Serial. Did you ever listen to Serial Daily? Actually, no. 
Okay. I got into the Cereal, podcast game pretty late. Yeah. Serial was definitely, like, the podcast um, epicenter, I think. Yes. And it's it's the first one that I listened to that really got me into podcasts. But if you're not familiar with the case at all, it's about um, Adnan Syed was convicted for murdering his girlfriend. But then Sarah Koenig basically gets his side of the story and finds some, like, inconsistencies. I mean, if he's not guilty, if he's not innocent, like, they at least did not have proper evidence to convict him gotcha so lots of really interesting narratives there so this one in a good girl's guide to murder is really similar where a boy was accused of killing his girlfriend or ex-girlfriend and then he did end up like killing himself um, because of the scrutiny or so we think so and then she makes friends with his brother and decides to try and prove the guy's innocence and then so that's kind of the first book and then it kind of spins off into different mysteries but it's really well done it's interesting i love listening i listen to both of those sadie and the good girls guide to murder trilogy as audiobooks which is really fun because you get to like hear the podcast oh that is highly recommend that very cool for experiencing the the media Mm-hmm. And they both, so there was like a narrator for when it was like not in the podcast, and then the podcast had like a full cast. Oh, that's cool. awesome. So you were like really sure like when you were experiencing which part of the story. Ooh, mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Yeah, it's very fun. So nice. there's my, my very specific subgenre of thriller that's great for I didn't, Halloween. I didn't know that was a specific subgenre. I'm very curious as a big podcast I honestly gal. think that there are more of them. Those are just the two off the top of my head. Oh, no, I'm sure the there's more of them. You know. But like I said, as, as a big podcast gal now, I'm like, hey, wait, mm-hmm. this is I should be interested in these. Because um, <laughs> most of my psych thrillers have been like, you know, as we talked about a million times, Riley Sager. Um, mm-hmm. The Girls I've Been, I think we both listened to that one. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one. That one It's like really a good. YA thriller. I feel like we don't yes. get a lot of like YA straight thrillers. I feel like they always have to have like either a romance element or a fantasy element. And I mean, there was like romance in this book, but it was very much a genre thriller book. Yes. Uh, which it I was, appreciate. I found it through TikTok, I think. Or maybe Bookstagram. Um... And I just really enjoyed every aspect of it. And it did keep me kind of like, wait a second, I'm not sure where this is going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. And the main character in that one, like, grew up, her her parent was a con artist. And so she's got all of these, like, con artisty tricks. And I'm just a real sucker for that trope. Have you ever watched Leverage, Bailey? No. Okay, well, it's a really it's delightful It's always safe to assume show. I haven't watched the show. Okay, well, it's really delightful. And it's about, like con artists who use their powers for good basically and i'm a big fan of that world i guess gotcha oh yeah that that tracks i like that (laughs) i'm not very good at consuming it as a tv show but Mm -hmm. i love that for a book um i Mm -hmm. never read one of us is lying though Another big book talk book. I read it uh, earlier this year, and there's actually a TV show now premiering, like currently on Peacock. And actually, circling back to the girls I've been, Netflix is making that into a movie with Millie Bobby Brown. Are they really? Mm-hmm. That's super fun. Yeah, so that'll be really fun. Um, and One of Us Is Lying is premiering on Peacock. I watched like the premiere episode earlier this week, 
And it was good. I think I enjoyed it more as a book. Um, it's just like sort of feels like any other teen, teen drama as a TV show okay. so far. That's fair. But it is, it's a pretty interesting thriller, especially again in the YA genre, which I feel like we don't get enough no, of enough. those. I feel like that's because thrillers tend to jump to like pretty adult themes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they tend to get like really dark, and so it's hard to kind of walk that line of being like appropriately dark and scary without being like traumatizing. I have a hard time listening to some Karen Slaughter or reading Karen Slaughter because mm-hmm. hers can be so dark and just very like they definitely need content warnings. And the first time I listened to a Karen Slaughter novel, there was no content warnings whatsoever. I had no idea what I was getting into. And I was Mm -hmm. on, like, a five-hour road trip for work just driving. And I had to pull over because, like, my heart was pounding from listening to, like, what was happening in this story. Um, So so I had to pull over. I think I've only read – go ahead. Oh, I had to pull over at a rest stop and, like, turn on regular music and go, like, walk around the rest area and get a snack from the old school vending machine and, like, then go get back in the car. Yeah, I think I've only read – maybe one Karen Slaughter and I think it's for the same reason that it's just like relentlessly dark yeah so I mean she definitely fits in a um a spooky season episode she's just not really for either of us mm-hmm. yeah just be be advised to to look up those content warnings for yourself if you're gonna try her yeah um on the other end of the spectrum I think we have like arsenic and adobo mm-hmm because that one, I don't ever really want to call, like, a thriller a happy-go-lucky heartwarming. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely, like, a an amateur detective fun um, crime novel where the, the crime is not actually, like, all that important or traumatizing to the story. Mm-hmm. And that, and a couple others in that that I just thought of are um, Dial A for Aunties, which is a really fun one where a girl, like, accidentally kills somebody and, like, calls her aunties in and they're like, we're gonna take care of this. And it's really, it's more like a comedy of errors than a thriller, but there's definitely a good mystery element to it. And then Finley Donovan is Killing It, which I mentioned to you recently, Bailey, but that one's really fun. Uh, the main character is like a writer and she's like struggling to come up with an idea for her next thriller novel. And she and her agent are talking about it at like a cafe. I think it's like a Panera and somebody overhears them and thinks that she's talking about being a hitman and tries to then hire her to like perform a hit. And she's like, no, I can't. But she's also like really hard up for money at the moment. And so she kind of ends up doing it. Maybe I can. Yeah. (laughs) So really kind of goofy, but like still got that mystery vibe. Yeah, I like that. Um, And then there's things like, I think Lisa Jewell is probably one of the most well-known authors that I kind of want to go with. And the same thing with um, The Last Thing He Told Me. Mm -hmm. For me, those occupy really similar like domestic thrillers, I guess. Mm -hmm. They're not as like intense or dark as Riley Sager, but like. Yeah, I think Lisa Jewell fits in there pretty well. Yeah, and probably, like, your Ruth Wares is probably around yes. there, too. And, um, and Megan Lucy Miranda. Foley. Oh, oh, we and- went in opposite directions. <laughs> Megan Miranda and Lucy Foley, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, they definitely all have good, like, staple thrillers. Yeah, I, I think Lucy Foley's tend, and Ruth Ware's as well, tend to get, like, a little formulaic for me if I listen to mm-hmm. them all, like, in a chunk. But if I space them out a little bit more, um, my brain doesn't catch the formula quite as quickly, and so I can enjoy it more. If I listen to them back-to-back, I'm like, didn't we just do this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like Megan Miranda. I do think that I I keep reading her books trying to recapture the magic of All the Missing Girls, which is just one of the most inventively structured novels I've ever read, especially a thriller. It's like told backwards from the crime, but you still don't know who does it until like the very end. So it's very interesting and um, unique. And I like a lot of her other books, but that's the one that really like made me a fan of hers for sure. Yeah, and then I think another one that I just thought of right now, um, The Searcher by Tana French. Tana, Tana, Tara? Oh, no. I'll look it up. Okay. Now I'm panicked. I don't know that one. one. Tana Tana French, French. right? Yeah. Yeah, you just doubted yourself, but you got it. I do that a lot. (laughs) Uh, The Searcher, it it was pretty cool, and it was long. I felt like it was longer than a lot of, like, thrillers, because thrillers tend to be very... They're not always short, but the story they're tends like a to t- feel short. They're like a tight 350 pages, usually. Right. And this one felt like a little bit more fleshed out beyond just the the uh, thriller part of it. But there's definitely like a whodunit, we should figure this out, what's going on out here. Um, it's been a while since I read it, but I think, you, I think I probably told you when I read it that you should check it out. You like probably did, but this is like old... normally I remember your recommendations, and I'm not remembering this one. But I am going to add it to my library holds right now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's right up here. It's like a an ex cop retires and moves to Ireland, and then finds out that he can't ever stop being a detective. There's no wait. Checking it out now. Nice, we're killing it with all the technological troubles for recording. Now we can just get whatever book we want from the library. <laughs> That's the trade off. The selling yeah. our soul. And yes. then um, you just read Once There Were Wolves, which is still on my shelf, and I almost brought it to read on my flight and didn't, and then I regretted it when you texted me about how much you were enjoying it. So yeah, um, tell me a little bit about that, of course, without spoiling. I'll do my best, but basically they're reintroducing wolves to Scotland. Um, so partly it's like thematic because you're in the highlands, it's winter, there's snow, there's wolves. Crap, Aiden's going to come at me again. He says that um, I say the word wolf's funny, and he specifically texted me after we did the, <laughs> the Grishaverse episodes. <laughs> Anyways. Aiden, mind your own business. <laughs> For real. Uh, it's also a little bit of, like, the humans being humans thriller part. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a very big part of the, the book where it's, like, trying to figure out who did what there are some flashbacks um there's some pretty strong like if i ignore it it won't be real aspects so i i really thought it it surprised me because i really liked it even more than i thought i would it was i told katie when i finished it it deserved the hype that it was getting which is not something i say for a lot of books Mm -hmm. yeah that's like high high praise for bailey we both tend to be like that, though. Like, when we see a lot of hype for a book, we're like, maybe. And then we read it and we're like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, we're we're hard to please. 
for sure. Um, and then I did I did also put bunny question mark in the psychological thriller category, uh, just because I I just don't I don't know what was going on in that book. Um, and I did put it in our in our third category as well, which seems like a good segue. Which I was going to make the same one is um, thematic setting, and I feel like this includes like dark academia, which can often feel big like spooky time vibes. Um, and right. so, Bunny it's- is of course set in a college and a dark academia setting, and so I, I also put Bunny question mark on this list as well. If your dark academia doesn't have like. Weeping Willows, Foggy, uh, Savannah, Georgia vibes. I'm, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I don't want it. So I know we're about to talk about the Atlas 6, which has none of those vibes. But I do still <laughs> want the Atlas 6. Uh, and that's because of the um, humans being humans part of this. Uh, it is very dark academia in that they're in a school... And they're not there for good reasons. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's also like witchy, which kind of gets into, you know, preview of our next section. But it's just very, like, dark academia. Like, there's this sense of, like, foreboding throughout the whole novel, it I feel. lingers. Mm-hmm. Where you just, like, it, the author does a wonderful job of building up this one specific thing. But the tension for that one specific theme thing is there the whole time. It's in every action a character takes. It's in every conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I really can't sing this book's praises enough. Um, it was independently published, and we got word I think like last week that it is now. It's been bought by Tor. Um, and so it's going to be traditionally published. We're going to get a hardcover. We're going to get an audiobook. Uh, I don't think anything like major is changing, but there, it's going to go through like one more round of like edits and revisions just to kind of tighten it up. So I'm really excited to see like how it changes. But I've just, I feel like I've never read a, it's like a character driven fantasy, dark academia novel. It's just like really stands on its own. And I, I really loved it. Uh, Katie loved it so much that when she was here for our live episode in August, I got up the next morning and she came out and she like slapped the book on the table and she said, this is yours now. I already bought myself another one. You have to read this start now. <laughs> and then I, feel like I was that aggressive about it. But yeah, basically, you're right. I, I do carry over a lot more aggressiveness when I say it versus you. <laughs> but that's just how I am as a person. Yeah. Um, also when she says that we got word it got picked up by Tor, no. Katie called me a fake friend because I heard about it like two days before she did. <laughs> and in my mind, it just meant nothing to me. I was like, oh cool, Tor's reprinting it. Like I did not connect it at all with the fact that this meant a mate a huge fantasy publisher mm-hmm. has picked up this independently published book. And I was just like, oh sweet, hardcover never told Katie and like two days later she sent me a TikTok and she's like oh my god it's happening and I was like oh yeah I knew that she was like what the fuck you fake friend (laughs) truly it was extremely weird of you um but I I gave you a little bit of a pass because it took me like three days to see the tweet and I had to see it through TikTok which was you know stupid but embarrassing given how much time we spent on Twitter (laughs) truly but I guess I I didn't feel I didn't follow tour publishing, which is my, my mistake. Um, yeah. Um, so another like dark academia, but maybe with a little bit more thematic would be ninth house by Lee Verdugo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which 
is both paranormal activity, college setting, bad things happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very like vibey. It's like perfect for like a, a drizzly or foggy fall night. Yeah. It's the ideal I, weather for this. Yeah, I really liked Ninth House, especially I read it on the heels of like binge reading all of the Grisha verse. And so I like I liked Lee Bardugo by then, um, especially after like Six of Crows, but um I wasn't like sold on her. And then Ninth House was just like my exact vibe down to I think I texted Bailey the main character's name is Galaxy, but she goes by Alex. And that is just, like, my exact shit. Like, I think that's so fun to, like, play around with names like that and just use things that are, like, kind of ridiculous that you can make, like, workable in, like, the real human world. Is that also why you like um, A Deadly Education? Because her name is Gladriel, but she goes by L. Yeah, no, genuinely, that's another thing I, I really love about that. Every time she mentioned her name was Gladriel, I just, like, I, this, like, dopey grin on my face, because it's so silly, but I love it. In contrast, I forgot until one very specific scene in the second book that her <laughs> name was Gladriel, and I was like, oh, yeah, I just thought her name was L. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> we'll touch a little bit. I mean, I guess that... I put A Deadly Education in The Last Graduate in more of, like, witchy paranormal, but I think it also fits for, like, the Dark Academia thematic well, setting. Yeah, it, it's definitely Dark Academia. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, it's basically, like, witches go to this school and um, mouths try and get young witches because they're not in control of their powers or whatever, and so they go to this school that's basically trying to kill them the whole time. It's an extremely upsetting Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have nothing to add to that. No notes. Uh, (laughs) The Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, Yes. I did want to... A Lesson in Vengeance is also a very good, like, dark academia. I just was skipping around. Sorry, it's okay. No, it's okay. No, you're fine. I just was not following your skipping around. Um, Did you have, like, a particular reason, or were you just picking one that looked fun? Oh, no, it's just fun, and I've never read it, because as well-established, I've never read a classic Okay, well, briefly, just all I really have to say about A Lesson in Vengeance is that it very much fits the Dark Academia spooky theme. There are um, witches, question mark. There are definitely, like, witches of lore, but uh, kind of a question as to whether they're real. And um, I enjoyed that one a lot. And then, as Bailey mentioned, The Count of Monte Cristo, I think is, like, the king book of, like, the vibes. I would say it's probably the OG, yeah. Yeah, um, I w- I love The Count of Monte Cristo. It's probably my favorite book, full stop. Um, I've read it, I read it like once a year, which is quite an undertaking because the audiobook is like 60 hours. But it it is a very like fun, like dark, um, basically it's one man's like lifelong revenge scheme against people who wronged him. And so just a lot of fun that's that's a vibe for sure one day mm-hmm. i will probably read it probably for this podcast um <laughs> hopefully i'll get you eventually it, it's quite an undertaking but it's like i said it's one of my favorites i believe it's time. a really good book it's just yeah i haven't gotten to it necessarily so well and it's also it's you know it's from the 1800s so there's definitely a little bit of a like language like how it's written gap and i 
I don't know if you've read any more of Pride and Prejudice, but if you were already struggling with Pride and Prejudice, I could see it being a little bit of a, a hill to get over before you're ready to tackle it. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to I'll have to space them out. I am hoping to get through more of Pride and Prejudice eventually. <laughs> well, I hope so. She says as she looks off camera and grins. <laughs> um, for those of you that can't see me and <laughs> my reaction... And then you also have the Bone Houses on here, which I have not read. Yeah, so the a couple of these next ones are just, they're both a little bit paranormally, but it's much more of just stories going on around paranormal. So the Bone Houses, they, the main character, like, lives and, like, works near a cemetery, and there's a type of magic where sometimes dead people come back and for some reason those people are called bone houses. I could never quite figure out why they called them houses, um, but that's what they did. And I think it's based in like um, Welsh mythology, which is cool. That's kind of a, a thing we don't get a lot of in like the general consciousness. But she and a guy basically go on a journey to try and defeat the bone houses, but then they learn more about it along the way. It's it was good. And then um, the Library of the Dead is, a, is like, a similar vibey one where, like, a girl can, like, pass messages to dead people and then gets induct- sort of inducted into what's kind of like a secret society. And it, that's the Library of the Dead. And uh, shenanigans ensue, of course. All that makes me think of is, like, Donna Noble has been saved. <laughs> uh, Yeah. It also yeah. makes me think of that, but it's not quite relevant in that. No, it's plot. it's not at all. Like the actual plots of them are completely different. But when you say like the Library of the Dead, I just think of that. Yeah. No. Same. Man, gonna have to rewatch Doctor Who for real now that uh, Russell Davies is coming back. Uh, yeah, that did actually make me want to watch like a single Doctor Who episode again. But if we start talking about Doctor Who, we will be here all night. So, In the Dream House, a nonfiction memoir? Yeah, so it's by Carmen Maria Machado. And it's a really, like, interesting and deep and heartfelt memoir about her life and especially her time in an abusive relationship with another woman. But the way that she wrote it is where, like, each, like, chapter or, like, story or, like, vignette is through the lens of a horror trope. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to... I don't know if I can pull up like the chapter titles just as an example. Um, but it was really, it was really interesting. And I feel like, you know, you don't get a lot of like spooky season appropriate books that are straight up nonfiction. No. That's definitely more challenging. Um, dream house as noir dream house as deja vu oh, are some okay. of the chapter titles dream house is confession and there are a bunch more that are more like specifically tied to like horror and thriller but it's very much about how tropes present themselves in our lives and how we use tropes to make meaning of our lives interesting maybe I will have to read a nonfiction book I really enjoyed it uh, I think that brings us to our uh, final sort of category, and, and this is probably the most broad 
because mm-hmm. uh, it's like witchy paranormal and we're attempting to order them from fluffy to scary yeah may agree very very approximate very approximate orders yeah um but this this category varies wildly like even when we get down to what i would call like the scarier side i don't think they like fully fit into like psychological thrillers or horror um it's just more like it's a paranormal story and it's a little scary at times there are like more tense moments but i would agree that none of these fit in like the actually scary books we talked about earlier Mm mm-hmm Yeah, so uh, starting at the fluffier side are a trio of um, sapphic paranormal books that I have read recently. First was Payback's a Witch, which is really cute. Such a cute cute title. Mm -hmm. It's a really cute title. And then the the next one, I'm going to just kind of talk about these together, is The Lost Girls. These were both sold to me as sapphic, John Tucker must dies. Um, But Payback's a Witch is obviously witches, and then The Lost Girls is vampires. Um, which is just fully, fully in my vibes. Yep. And then These Witches Don't Burn. It's the third book that goes in this little... Trilogy, yeah. Not really a trilogy, but they all are kind of thematically similar. Uh, This one I just finished on the plane this morning, and it's uh, YA witches. They're sapphic, and it's like um, the main character is an elemental witch. There are elemental witches, blood witches, and caster witches. And they're all three, like, very separate. They don't really have anything to do with each other. And so the main character is an elemental witch, and she starts suspecting that there's a blood witch in town um, coming after her coven. It's very cute. And uh, there's definitely some tense moments, but... I did try to speed read it this morning, but the library didn't have it available and I didn't want to pay for another book because I've been on a bit of a spree lately. (laughs) So um, I did not speed read this book in the two hours I had available before this meeting. Unfortunately reasonable, although I do feel like you have set the bar so high from reading a full half of um, The Priory of the Orange Tree right before recording. (laughs) I will... I hope to never have to repeat that feat. I fucking tell you what. I feel like that's the standard you've set yourself to, though. <laughs> I regret everything. <laughs> but anyway, all three of those are um, very like cute, very fun, pretty lighthearted, um, and just kind of witchy and vibey. So now we'll move into books that are not quite as uh, uh, um, fluffy, lighthearted, and fun, mm-hmm. but still, like, I wouldn't the stakes never feel very high, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, um, a discovery of witches is, uh, like historical witchy fiction mm-hmm. with vampires. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a trilogy. There's like one or two offshoots. It's just, I don't know, like, you you didn't love it. I don't think Katie like the first time I read it. I was excited, but I no, I actually really liked. I re- I've read the first one now. I really liked the book, and then I got really excited to watch the show and uh, was not as impressed by the show. And I think that's, like, 100% down to it. I just didn't like the main character, like, the actress they picked for the main character. Just, like, totally gotcha. was, like, a different vibe than I had in my head when I was reading it. But it does feel like, um, like, Outlander light and with witches and vampires. I think that it's Outlander Light is probably a really good way of saying it because, yeah, like, 
there's more historical stuff in the second book. I don't want to like spoil everything. I mean, I I know that they that. go back in time, but I haven't obviously read that yet. Right. So, but it it is like less um fleshed out, I guess, than I feel like the Outlander books are. Like, this is not the time for me to go on an Outlander rant. So we will talk about the once in future, which, and it's not even about how much I like it. It's about, like, some of the criticisms of the series. So we'll just talk about, like, the once in future witches. Which I have not read, so tell me about that one. It's sort of like Salem adjacent, an alternative history based out of Salem with witches. Um, And the once in future witches is kind of just saying, like, these witches aren't going to go away so it's a group of women that come together to do various things in a society that doesn't want them to be witches and um they do what they need to do i really liked it i think you should read it i think everybody should read it um it's by the same author as the Ten Thousand doors of january i actually think i might have downloaded it and just not gotten around to it yeah i i, I do own it i just have not okay. oh wait no sorry i got that wrong i was looking at the wrong list i do not own it but i do i have meant to own it and i'm sure will at some point Gotcha. And then next on the list is Cemetery Boys, which I believe we've talked about many times. Mm -hmm. We love Cemetery Boys. I think it probably could have slid up a little bit on the fluffiness scale, but I mean, there's some some pretty serious ghosty shit that happens. Right. I feel like there's a lot of tension in the book, which is why I left it where it was when I added in some of the books that I put on there was because like, I don't, the tension's not necessarily related to the paranormal stuff, but like if the rest of the books don't feel as serious when it comes to like things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that book does a really good job of of balancing the fluffy with the more serious stuff and so it's just a really enjoyable read overall. Yes. Uh then we put A Deadly Ed- Education and the Last Graduate which we have touched on already a little. Um again, just a a deeply upsetting Hogwarts. Yes. With a cliffhanger ending that we are both very angry at. Two cliffhanger endings. Uh, They did it to us the first time, too. Yeah, but I managed to forget that one. How dare you bring it back up? (laughs) So anyway, eventually we'll find out how that series ends, I hope. Um, And then I read... Probably not. I have no faith in authors. You right. You so right. I read The Dead in the Dark uh, on one of the plane trips when I was visiting you, Bailey. I think it was on the way out th- or the way back. I yeah, you're right. I can't remember. What, I think it was the way out. I think that is correct. I could check my book spreadsheet, but I don't feel like it. Anyway. It's not important, honestly. It's a really cute and a little bit spooky and scary book about um, a girl. Her dads are like paranormal TV stars and they have like a ghost hunter show and they're drawn back to their tiny hometown where people keep like dying and going missing Uh, and it's very spooky nice i'll have to read that one too but yeah that definitely sounds it's like more on the spooky side versus like uh payback's a witch Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's much less fluffy than payback's a witch and then bad witch burning Mm -hmm. we both read that in preparation for this episode and i gotta say the dread the author manages to like capture as the plot progresses was just chef's kiss. it was like a master class in like tension and suspense i texted bailey when i was like halfway through the book and just to say i am so stressed out reading this and it's gonna go so yes. sideways 
It does. Spoiler alert. It goes sideways. <laughs> uh, I Bad Witch Burning was great. Mm-hmm. And it, I did, again, we didn't put it in like horror because it didn't seem that scary mm-hmm. on the same level as some of these other books. But like, man, I'm telling you, you can feel the whole story coming to the the climax of it like you're just like i know this is gonna go bad i know it's gonna be terrible but when does it go bad Mm -hmm. and in how many different ways yeah i yeah really enjoyed it probably won't read it again anytime soon just because it it was so stressful of a experience but in the best way yes i know i've been on a a spate of like as you know, Katie, like really heavy emotional books. And I'm like, I'm going to read Bad Witch Burning because it'll maybe take me out of my slump. And I'm like, well, um, I mean, it did. I read it really fast. I read it in one plane ride, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but ooh, it maybe wasn't the correct choice if I've read a whole bunch of things like Razorblade, Tears, and Damnation <laughs> Spring. Yeah, it was a it was a rough one, but in a, in a good way. Yeah. Oh, I highly recommend it. Just like be be ready. Mm-hmm. To take a little, a little break break after. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, so those are our four main subsection, subgenres, I guess is the actual word here. I was trying to make it fancy. It's not. Of spooky season books. Uh, if you disagree with us, great. Interact with our sh- socials to grow our podcast. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, please, please type lengthy comments about how much we're incorrect. I would love that. Yes. Uh, do you want to say, are you able to pick a favorite spooky book, either that you read this year or that you've read in the past? Uh, well, I would say just generally from, like, the thematic Dark Academia section, again, Count of Monte Cristo, one of my favorite books of all time, and the Atlas Six, like, really, like, was an experience for me. Like, I, like you said, I immediately gave you my copy and bought another one just because I like wanted to own another copy of that book, which is something I haven't experienced before where I just like loved it so much that I immediately needed more of it. Um, Right. So I really like those two just kind of generally, but ones that I think are even more like spooky, spooky. Um, I mean, you don't have to pick, like, a really spooky one. It's the one that you liked best. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, really just everything in this genre is, or it's not, I mean, we just clearly lined out four different genres, but everything in this kind of world of spooky book, spooky season book, um, are just, they're, they're my happy place, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's why I said, like, are you able to pick a, a favorite? Because a lot of times when people ask me, like, what's your favorite book? I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm not, I can't answer that question. So I wouldn't necessarily hold anybody else to that question either. Uh, well, with that being said, what's your favorite? <laughs> oh, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Oh, really? That was so oh, yeah. decisive. I feel like you never make those kinds of decisive decisions. No, I don't. Okay. I do, you're right. I don't. Um, I mean, I... Don't get me wrong, like, a lot of the other books that we have talked about, I have really enjoyed and I would recommend over and over again. And, like, A a Deadly Education and The Last Graduate, I would tell anybody to read it. Like, go for it. Um, I do, I've read um, A Discovery of Witches a couple times now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, um, I do read, like, Riley Sager, Lucy Foley, Ruth Ware, 
uh, Tana French, like all of that. But the one that really sticks with me is like a spooky book and that I really just think you should read because I don't feel like I've read a whole lot like it either. The Only Good Indians. I. Well. You're right. It's decisive. That, that is like such a ringing endorsement from you. And I was already excited and I was already excited from talking to you about it earlier in this episode, but now I'm like even more excited to read it. So I'll bump that right up my TBR for when I get home. I know, except that you're going to also have to bump, like, once there are wolves up to your TBI. No, I can't stop hearing it in my own voice. <laughs> I say the word. Wolves. Wolf. Wol- wolves. Wolves. Anyways, we, we might cut out the part where I just said wolves repeatedly a couple of times. <laughs> we might not. We'll see how we'll see how we're feeling. You guys can maybe enjoy that. Um, yeah, so, I mean... Yeah, read... I'm telling you. I've been telling you the whole time. I've been telling everybody the whole time. Read The Only Good Indians. I I will do that. And then, yeah, I mean, I really liked the Atlas Six. I think it's the perfect foggy day with tea book mm-hmm. because it's not like super scary, but uh, you're gonna get sucked into it pretty quickly. I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as Katie, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't to say I didn't enjoy it. I just did not immediately have that vers- visceral like, oh my god, reaction. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Actually, I, I don't... I don't even think that it was, like... Like, I woke up and Katie told me. She had also sent, like, six messages to the book group chat overnight that I woke <laughs> up and saw. And when I got upstairs to make coffee, she, like, came out and was like, here's the book. <laughs> yeah, I was... I had a very decisive reaction to that, um, which I stand by. But it's not um, going to affect everybody the same way, which is fine. But I really, really loved it. Yeah. And then, I just keep saying, and then, so whatever. What is your favorite spooky season thing? Like, activity, etc. Is there something you really like about, like, the fall, about October? Like I said earlier, it's really more just about, like, the vibes of the season. Like, I like seeing Halloween decorations. I like when the weather changes i like when halloween movies are on tv um i will watch hocus pocus four times in a row with no qualms um yeah (laughs) yes bailey's showing me her phone case with um oh my god it's so cute with a bunch of hocus pocus stickers yeah i love it you'll have to take a picture of i also i also would um watch hocus pocus a thousand times yeah uh I just, it just makes me happy. It's just, like, the right time of year when things are, like, cooling down and being Oh, fun. God, I wish they were. <laughs> yeah, not not quite. Again, maybe I have some rose-colored glasses uh, since I'm in New York and it's a little, <laughs> little cooler right now. I feel like I can't top that and I just got to sign off because now you've made a pun. No, but you have to answer. <laughs> What's your favorite spooky season thing? Um, bonfires. Mm-hmm. Bonfires and beer. That's fair. I do love beer. Uh, I'm a absolute sucker for, like, a good fest beer mm-hmm. or, like, a spiced fa- fall beer. Not, like, not, like, hot spicy. You can keep the jalapeno beers, like, far, far from me. I mean, like, fall spices. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite thing in the world is Great Lakes Christmas Ale. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I'm going to see what they describe it as so I don't undersell it. I and mean, it's probably similar to, like, Shiner Cheer. 
Yeah, but Shiner Cheer, just, it doesn't hit the same. All right. I mean, that's fair. I've never had the Great Lakes Christmas I've... Ale, but I do love Shiner Cheer. Yeah. Um, Let's see. They have a whole bunch of stuff, but they do not describe. It just, oh, okay. Do not open till Christmas. Whoever coined that phrase obviously hasn't tasted Christmas ale. Fresh honey, cinnamon, and ginger. It's just like the perfect fall and winter, like, level of spice mm-hmm. um, in the beer. I do always forget that it's like 7%. Jesus. At least. And so I'll like go meet someone for dinner like after I work out or something but before I've eaten Mm -hmm. and have a Christmas ale and then just be like oh no (laughs) what have I gotten myself into that's so so um it also comes out like pretty early in the year which is great uh so that's my favorite part is like just as you said like things getting cooler and being outside which part and parcel of that is like bonfires Mm -hmm. um so if it could stop being 97% humidity and 65 degrees at 5 a.m., that would be chef's kiss. Yeah, that's not ideal. No. Um, I'll, I'll get over that eventually, probably. <laughs> after, like, two, two weeks after I stop running as consistently as training for a marathon, I'll be like, summer's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, I feel like it's the grass is always greener. Like I was talking to one of my coworkers up in New York earlier today and she was like, oh, like I am so sad that it's already getting cold. Like I wish I was in Texas where it's warm. And I was like, could not be me, but you know, I appreciate your point of view. Um, do not identify. I would love for it to be cooler. And in case you've forgotten, we're right. And we should say it. Pour yourself a glass of wine. Let's start reading in between the lines Never know what we might find Yeah, it could be magic Oh Pro's Tinted Glasses is hosted by Bailey Utrecht and me, Katie Phillips Our theme song is by the wonderful Anna Voss And our logo is by Baby Truth Collections We're so excited to be back And we'll have another episode out for you guys in two weeks See you then and happy spooky season! Uh oh. Did you lose me again? Yeah, but I okay. you're back. There, there are some ghosts like Is haunting us right now. I swear. Yeah, hotels tend to be like that. Truly.